Skinner here from Gen X. On this episode, we talk about Narcan and vending machines. Talk about the baseball playoffs. This week in the NFL, Thelma, is she gay? Talk about John Denver and his plane crash, Loretta Lynn's passing, and our favorite SNL skits. Stay tuned. You're listening to It Came From Gen X. Hello everyone, welcome to It Came From Gen X. Alongside Brian Fisher, I am Michael Skinner. We are down one today. Uh, Mr. Keith Porterhouse Porter can't be with us this week and uh, we certainly will miss him, but we will... Do our best to try to move on, or as they say, the show must go on, right? How you doing today, Fish? Doing well. Thank you, brother. I'm feeling better. Got over the uh, old COVID again. Uh, yeah, feeling great. Great weekend, man. I, I Friday went to go see Iron Maiden down in Columbus. Yes, with, uh, how was that? Uh, buddy Jim Cunningham. Great show, man. They sounded great. Uh, same lineup they've had for many, many years. The stage show was fantastic. They all sounded great, played great. Just a fun time. And Columbus is fun in general, so we had some fun kind of hanging right. out around there a little bit too and taking in uh, some of the stuff there for a minute. So, yeah, a lot of fun. And then uh, Keith and I, he started a, a second job. He told us uh, uh, you know, uh, technical tip lessons for troubled youth. <laughs> That's what he's doing here. So he's teaching <laughs> yeah. kids how to set up, you know, computer equipment and how to record podcasts and all that good stuff. So hopefully that's how going pretty well for How not to more. break monitors while grabbing something from behind, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you? What's new with you? <clears throat> uh, busy weekend. Um, things are well, feeling better. Mm-hmm. That uh, sinus infection I had a couple weeks ago just knocked me for a loop, uh, but uh doing better we uh went to a elvis impersonation show actually an elvis show on saturday night at the barberton moose so he took um actually mr porter went with us with uh mm-hmm. marcy and marcy's mom and grandma and we actually had a really good time you know i like elvis's music i always have but i don't understand the act <laughs> i really don't these ladies that were at this show let me tell you we had to get the hell out of there before the show ended. Otherwise, you know, who knows what would have happened. But we'll keep it a family show. But I never have understood the act. Um, so so people, just, like, they, they act like the impersonator. They they treat him like the actual Elvis, you mean, type of deal? They Yes, he dressed up like Elvis. He sung. He, the guy was fantastic. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. His His voice was powerful. He acted like Elvis. He did the Elvis jokes. He did the, you know, the signature. He had a few of the signature moves. Gave out the, you know, gave out the the lays with this Hawaiian show, and he had the scarves. Then every bought every lady in the in the place got a scarf with his <laughs> little bit of sweat. <laughs> and Keith made a great joke. He goes, you know, there's two things about this: is one, he is not Elvis. And he's giving these these ladies his sweat. And two, what about COVID? A valid yeah. points on both of them. So, 
but no, it was a great night. The music was fun. Um, got to spend time with Marcy's grandma, which is always a great time. She's getting up there in age. She's 87, 88 years old and still able to, to get out and do some things. So very nice. It was pretty special for Marcy too. So yeah, good weekend. Otherwise. That's good. That's good. So, well, we've got a lot to talk about uh, in Keith's absence with uh, sports and music, and of course, a pretty good topic that uh, I want to discuss with you. So, before we do, can you uh, tell everybody where they can find us? Absolutely, brothers. You might be listening to us on demand wherever you're listening to podcasts. So, we can be found on many major podcast platform platforms, not platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Overcast, and a lot more. So wherever you listen to podcasts, just simply search for the It Came From Gen X podcast. Pull us up and either follow or subscribe, however the app works you're listening on. And as we post new episodes weekly, they'll pop into your podcast library free of charge and listen to us whenever you want to, on the go, on the way to go see an Elvis impersonator or whatever you want to do. We're there for you whenever you want. You might be watching us on YouTube, our YouTube channel, it came from Gen X, or the Boss Code Media Network, we're proud to be a part of. Find the app on your smart TV or portable device. Pull them up, give them a subscribe. And we are there on our very own channel. It came from Gen X channel. And there's a lot of other creative uh, uh, content uh, artists out there as well, chefs, comedians, musicians, a lot of good stuff there in the Boss Code Media Network. All show information can be found in two main places. Our link tree, just simply Google, it came from Gen X link tree or vice versa. You simply get a page with links to our social media and places you can listen to us. And our website, it came from Gen X.wordpress.com. All show information is there, links to new episodes, videos, promos, bios, and ways you can support the show as well. Our Patreon uh, uh, website link is on our website, and also you may support the show now on our main podcast page, anchor.fm. It came from Gen X. You can find a link to that as well on our website and other social media. You, know, you may, uh, if you wish to, uh, donate to Keith's uh technical lessons for troubled teens, you may do so there also. Best things that you do is rate, review the show on podcasts, give us a nice review and a rating, helps others find the show, subscribe, follow, and tell a friend. That's how we grow out there. So that's it. Appreciate your support. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening. Yeah, this show is brought to you by www.don'taskporterfortechnicalhelp.com. That's right. By the way. That's right. All right. So you like uh, Fist said, you can find us on Boss Code Media. Go to your Apple or Google Play Store and look, check it out. All right. So some world news. We're going to go to the state, uh, good old state of Kentucky today. Mm-hmm. And have you heard about, now, these guys are not the first to do this, but have you heard about the, you understand what Narcan is, right? It's the medication that cops and first responders use for people that are overdosing, uh, particularly with opiates. Okay. There has been a vending machine filled with Narcan, dose, one dose, or one package, which has two doses, 
free to anybody that should need it. We go to Pine Grove. I'm sorry, Vine Grove. Vine with a V. Mm-hmm. Pleasant Victor. They set up on a Thursday a uh, vending machine full of these doses of Narcan. They put a camera up on the ceiling just so they can monitor, make sure some that not one person go in there and grab 50 50 boxes of or 100 doses of this and goes and sell it on the street. Um, they open it up. Uh, they did a ribbon cutting at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday. They announced it on their citywide platform like Calgary Falls has Talk of the Town on Facebook. They did it on whatever they have there. At 6 p.m. on Thursday, by 6 p.m. on Friday, that machine was wiped clean. Wow. A couple things with that. You first thing I thought before I, I kept on reading was okay, who went in there and grabbed a hundred doses and now they're selling it on the streets? Well, when I read that they did the the chief of police did set up a camera coming down on the the machine because they wanted to check to see okay, well, first of all, who's doing who's you coming to get this stuff? They wanted to get some some uh, whether it's you know man, woman, old, young, mm-hmm. you know all walks of, all walks of life. But um, they were saying that most everybody came in and grabbed either one or two boxes. They would read the information on the box, and then they would they would go away. <laughs> so it was comforting that it wasn't uh, just one person going in and wiping the machine clean. But what is bothersome to me, and I thought this was just astronomical when it comes to numbers. In 2021, there was 90, let me find it here real quick. 91,799 deaths due to overdose from opiates in the United States, still in 2021. In Kentucky alone, they had 2,000 and what is it? 2,200 and some change just in their state alone. I can't believe this is still going on. I mean, I can, but I can't. You don't hear it as much in the news. It's not the not the you know top stories in the news anymore. But I'd never heard of a vending machine dispensing this Narcan, which I'm glad it's free. First of all, because normally you have to go to the store or you can buy this stuff at I guess at a drugstore, but you got to pay money for this stuff. Sure. Um, you don't want to call, there's people, you know, you don't, your buddy's having an overdose. Do you really want to call the police and say, we need somebody here with Narcan? A lot of times they're going to think they're going to get arrested or something's going to happen. So they're going to fail to do that. By the time it's too late, your, your buddy's dead. So Uh I appreciate that there's this. What I don't understand or what I couldn't believe is that this is not the first place to have these machines. Um. Let's see, Las Vegas, New York City, San Diego, Austin, Texas, and Detroit have all public published uh, findings that they had these machines in place. Um, so I'm mind blown that this is still going on. I, I, I know the drugs, the opiates is still an issue. I didn't realize it was at this detailed of an, uh, this strong of an issue still. Um, you know, we, family, we had, Two of our two of our people in our family that got hooked on um, heroin, and that was a long haul. They both have been now sober for quite a long time, um, but I know what we went through during that time, and it's no fun, no fun at all. 
So have you heard about the story? Do you have any thoughts on this? Are you as mind blown as I am that this is still a, a major issue going on? I haven't heard of this until you mentioned it uh, pre-show. Um, am I mind blown that there's still a problem with open? No, I'm not mind blown by it. I mean, it's. I think it's a. I, don't know, I think it's a good good thing overall. I mean, it. Uh, you know, s certainly you hope that people can find their way to getting off the drugs uh, with treatment, etc. There's plenty of people though that. You know, they they don't find their way there. They don't explore it. They, for various reasons, I don't know. So I, I guess what I'm saying is that just to think that people should just get off drugs, and that's how you cure everything, and or you know you punish people for taking drugs and throw them in jail and this and that and the other. It's not going to stop the the problem. Right. So you know you're hearing more of these. Um, you know, it's not a solution, but more of these of these support type systems, I guess, to just you know keep people alive. You know, you, if someone could stay alive, you know, and you mentioned there's several situations where people just wouldn't have access to this; it'd be too late, or they're they you know they they should take it and they don't because, like you say, they're worried about other repercussions and this and that. It's definitely going to save some lives. And you hope that if someone's around another day, or they 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 find their way to uh, a better place in their life, you know. So there's other cre there's other things out there that um, you know. There's like controlled places where people can go and shoot up cleanly and have be monitored and stuff like that. That sounds really bizarre and strange, but um, again, but it's it's those types of things keep people alive, keeps them from you know. And, and if you need this stuff, you know, and you don't have the money for it. Right, what might you do in desperation? I mean, you might not the drug itself, but if you're desperate to get something like this, maybe you turn to crime or maybe you do something else to where you're harming others, but now you have access to something that can save your life or a loved one's life who's uh, on drugs. So, I don't know, it's not the answer completely, but I, it does make sense to me to offer more of these controlled uh, uh, supports. Uh, Right. mechanisms i guess to to help people out there that are struggling so you know it's it's a shame but overall like i said i think it's a good thing so what do you think i, I think it's a great thing that the machines are out there i'm just you know yeah you just can't say nobody should do drugs and it, it'll just go away because mm -hmm. yeah i know it's never going to go away as long as there's drugs on earth people are going to you know be chasing the high and mm -hmm. you know this that or another so if there's a, a way for people to you're when you're in that state of mind getting high and doing this the farthest thing from your mind is okay how can i do this and be saved right it's not a thought that's not in the thought process you know right if there's this is out there and the friends and family members are able to obtain the support um, these vending machines, things like that, it's a great thing, you know, but the people themselves that are in the, like I said, the, the drug users, uh, themselves, that's the farthest thing they're thinking about is, is their safety. So, um, I, I'm glad it's out there. Mind blown that there's still so many overdose deaths out there. 
but I am glad to see that there's a means to helping people that wasn't there before. So interesting story. And I appreciate, appreciate your objective, uh, perspective on that. So with Mr. Porter being gone, we will now switch gears and, uh, talk some sports and music. You want to go ahead and start with sports? You want me to go ahead and start with this day in music? Uh, we start a little bit of sports, a lot of, a lot of, Big sports news in our area. Of course, we're in Northeast Ohio. If you listen to the show at all, you know that. So we're in the right. Akron area, not far from Cleveland. So uh, why don't you start with the uh, huge, huge baseball news in the area, Skinner? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pimping the pimping the tribe, as I call them, the Cleveland baseball team. Uh-huh. Uh, the tribe took two from Tampa Bay to move on to which they start their series in New York on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Um, they had seven hits in two games and swept the series. So the, what does that tell you as far as the pitching is concerned? The pitching for both teams was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Cleveland won two to one on uh, game one and then one to nothing in 15 innings. Uh-huh. It's the longest no score extra innings game in the history of uh, postseason, which is oh. pretty crazy. Yeah. And then a rookie comes up in the 15th inning with his walk on, uh, his, his walk on <laughs> song is SpongeBob SquarePants theme song. Love it. And w- the irony in all this is uh, Corey Kluber, who was pitched uh, most of his career for Cleveland Indians, was the pitcher on the mound that I th- gave up the home run. Okay. I thought that was him. I watched the game. I'm yeah. like, is that the same Corey Kluber that, oh, my God. Yeah, it was po- Corey Kluber who <laughs> pitched for Cleveland and won a couple Cy Youngs for him. So His postseason with, with Cleveland was always not the best, and it just, I guess, it continued in Cleveland with this, oh, man, poor guy. Right. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah f- felt bad. My dad is a huge Corey Kluber fan, and he felt real bad. He says, you know what, son, but a win is a win. I'll take it off of any pitcher that's, <laughs> that's uh, coming right. up that's against right. him. So That's right. Um, so, yeah, mm. the uh, d- the division series are set. Um, the Mets had a epic collapse. They had won 100 games this year and got swept by uh, the San Diego Padres. Seven to nothing in the first game, and then they got beat up pretty good last night as well. Hmm. Um Let's see. Seattle Mariners took it to Toronto. Another good team with Toronto. Um, didn't have a didn't even have a chance. And then uh, the Phillies beat the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Yep. Louis Cardinals was winning two to nothing in Game One. Went up in the ninth inning and gave up six runs. And I mm. never looked. Uh, Philly never looked back. Mm. So, so you got uh, you got Houston playing. The Seattle Mariners, you got the Yankees playing the Cleveland Guardians. You've got uh, Atlanta playing the Philadelphia Phillies, and San Diego Padres are playing the Los Angeles Angels. Mm. Not Angels, Los Angeles Dodgers. So it's going to be a fun series, uh, baseball-wise, to say the least. Um, I'm a huge Cleveland baseball team. I still have an issue, and my son, uh, Mike Jr., who's uh, our podcast producer uh, the bosses we call him he's like dad you're so silly not calling them by their real name i said son <laughs> it's just the way it is they're the cleveland baseball team to me well i still root for them so uh but yeah great uh, great weekend for baseball um for baseball fans college football no surprises there the um how state looked 
to be the number one team in the land, yet they are still ranked number two for whatever reason. Um, but uh, did you catch any college football this weekend? I watched some of the Buckeye game out and about. Really, wasn't mm-hmm. that close of a game, and no. Alabama struggled. Yeah, Alabama should not have won that game. They should have two losses in the books. Hmm. They should have lost to Texas, and they should have lost this past weekend. But uh, somehow they've gone unscathed. They've been pretty lucky so far. Our state looks good. Offense is really heating up. I mean, it is still like a pretty. They'll be a tough out in the playoff sets for sure. We'll see if they can compete with the top couple of this year so far. Looks like they will have a shot to at least compete in the playoffs versus prior mm-hmm. years where they got on and just get you know wiped out uh, quickly. So, but well, right now they're ranked number one offense in the country and number seventh overall defense okay. in the country. That's pretty hard to beat by anybody. So. Um, what do you, you've got a little bit about, uh, with the NFL, there was, uh, some heartache and some surprises, uh, in the NFL. Um, first one I'll, I'll, I'll mention is Green Bay losing to the Giants over across the pond. Did yeah. you catch any of that at all? I did not see, I saw a little bit of the highlights. Um, New York's kind of a surprising team. I mean, they lost to Dallas. They didn't, right. you know, the Dallas defense looking pretty good. But, uh, yeah, New York's kind of a surprise. To, to get the NFC East, by the way, is kind of a surprising uh, division. The only undefeated team is Philadelphia, 5-0. and mm-hmm. And then both Dallas and the Giants are 4-1. and one. Now, the Commanders are kind of out of it. But, uh, yeah, I think it's one of the best overall records um, of all the divisions with those three teams. I, they've so. went from the worst division in football last year to, I think, the best division of football right now, truthfully. Yeah, pretty amazing. So it's that it, every game in that division right now between those three teams obviously means a whole lot. And you got uh, right. Dallas and Philadelphia playing next Sunday evening. So it'll be an interesting matchup. Right. Yeah, it'll be a good game. Uh, the Browns, I, I I made a mention that the Browns can't get out of their way to win a uh, to stop losing these games they shouldn't. And I said Baltimore and Cincinnati are not much better. And then the last phrase, of course, was Steelers just suck. <laughs> but poor Steeler Nation, man, they are just licking their wounds because that team is not good. Um, defensively, offensively, they just – and it's been a long time coming. They've been good. I'll give them credit where credit's due. They've been good for a long time, or they've been competitive for a long time. This uh-huh. year, if they win five games, I think it's going to be a good season for them, and it's hard to say that for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, you know Cleveland very easily should be 4-1 and one with two games. They should have won every <laughs> chance to win yesterday, and they should have beat the Jets with that uh, monumental uh collapse that they had but uh mm-hmm. yeah i couldn't believe it, the, the 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 call of the chargers yesterday to go for it on fourth down fourth and one at the 39 <clears throat> yard line their own 39 yeah. yard line shocking and Cleveland that Cleveland. still doesn't win nope Cleveland, it's, it's yeah. shocking they even had a chance just poor coaching poor execution right now so i think uh uh Stephane, even though deshaun watson's not in there it's not really the quarterback play that's causing Clayton Knight, you know, no, was a big interception yesterday. Yeah. Def, you know, but a lot of the things, a lot of other factors there from Cleveland not playing so well. I think it's, I think it's the fancy he's got, I don't know. At the end of this year, I think they're going to sit back and reevaluate 
if they want to give him one more year or not. Yeah. So. Well, I don't have a problem with Stefanski. I have a problem with him being the play caller for the offense. I think yeah. he needs to step aside and be the head coach and let yeah. his let his staff take care of the rest. Yeah. But uh, did you see the um, the call where Tom Brady got sacked and the they called a roughing the passer on a general, just a tackle? Did you see that play at all? It I saw the headlines. I read about it a little bit. Call. Yeah. I saw that this morning, and I could not believe that they called a roughing the passer on this. He just grabbed him by the waist and tackled him, and they spun him around. He dropped to the ground. He didn't drive him to the ground. He didn't spear him. He just grabbed him by the waist and flipped him, and, and, and they called 15 yards. So they, if the NFL is not trying to protect at all costs Tom Brady and his legacy, I don't know what is. So yeah. there's a lot of people that are, you know, I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan. You know, I respect his game. I'm tired of hearing about him. I wish he would retire and move on, let the young kids play. I, you know, that's been been said many times by me. But, you know, when, when he's favored by the referees and it's the NFL is not stepping in and saying, hey, he needs to be treated just like anybody else, i got a problem with that. But, um I do yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but I, I do like a lot of the rules that they put in place to protect the quarterback within reason. Within reason. Within reason, because obviously if these, if the starting, you name the quarterback, it's not, a, not for me, it's not necessarily a Tom Brady thing. Right. But just, you, you know, it, it, if you can extend the, the life of a starting NFL quarterback, then it does obviously is what the what they're thinking it does keep the game more exciting than if you're having guys get hurt left and right like we've seen many guys in our time with their careers shortened because of the the rules at the time um so i do like that but not where it gets a little crazy where it's pretty blatant that I mean, you got to let the defense play some defense as well. I mean, if the guy's not trying to drill the quarterback and harm him, if it's just a normal hit, I mean, come on. I mean, you got you got to draw a line there somewhere. Right. Yeah, I'll have to try to find that video and send it to you. You're just going to shake your head as to, like I did as to why it, why it happened. So, anything else for sports? So we can wrap it up and move on. Um, basketball's getting ready to go. Hockey's getting ready to go. Uh, right now, I think the two big things is NFL, of course, and college football and the baseball season, uh, you know, division series gets started uh, in a couple of days. So, yeah, around here, see how this all w- rolls out. Yeah, it'll be definitely interesting. It's just it, in the Cleveland area a few months ago, you know, who, who would have thought that of all the teams to be super excited about, it would be not the Cleveland Browns, it would be. Sure. The Cleveland Guardians right. and the Cleveland Cavs to be even more. Of course, the Cavs have been getting better and better with, but getting getting Donovan Mitchell into the lineup. We have a lot of things, a lot of reasons to be excited for Cleveland sports, non-football at this right. uh, you know, juncture. So, and to be excited about the Cavs without LeBron James being involved. So, absolutely, yeah, it's. I may watch a little bit of. I didn't watch any games last year in the NBA. Didn't even watch the playoffs. But I think. With all the hype with the Cleveland and with you know, like you said, with Donovan Mitchell being uh, coming across, I think I may watch a few games to see if they're the real deal. Like absolutely, it, you know, 
on paper it says they are. So, all right. So moving on to music, not a lot going on in this day of music. Uh, I know you've got a couple things to talk about. A couple birthdays to note: uh, born today, uh, Sharon Osbourne. Uh, you know, Mrs. Ozzy Osbourne was born mm-hmm. today in 1955, or sorry, 1953. Uh, Miss Tanya Tucker was born on this day in 1955, along with uh, the man himself, David Lee Roth from Van Halen. Uh, mm. They they all uh, born both of those two born today in 1955. David Lee Roth. Gotta love the guy. He's my favorite of the two. I didn't mind Sammy Hagar, and there's always the talk, you know, are you Van Hagar? Are you David Lee Roth? You know, uh, which era do you prefer? I like them both, to be truthful. I don't have a favorite. I know you and I, uh, we went with Coopers to see the band um, at Lock 3, and forgive me, I'm I'm drawing a blank on their name right now, but they were the... Atomic Punks. Atomic Punks, they play the David Lee Roth era, mm-hmm. and um, boy, they were very good. Uh, brought back a lot of memories on the songs that they played. Um, but I don't have a favorite. I like a lot of the Van Halen with Sammy Hagar as a front man, but I do like a lot of the old stuff. I don't know what your preference is with that. Um, but uh, Just two different bands completely. Uh, I mean, if you just, if you didn't know... You know, just no one told you. Okay, I'm going to play two different two band two bands for you. If you didn't know that was the same band playing, you might not even realize it. You know, if you were just right. a kind of a casual music fan. But of the two, I mean, I definitely prefer the classic Van Halen mm-hmm. with David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth, one of the best frontmen, period, ever, hands down. He understood his he understood his role. He understood that he's not playing an instrument out there. He's going to be entertaining in other ways, running around the stage. He was a, he had good banter. He was incredibly athletic. I mean, he could you know he could do high kicks and he was into martial arts and stuff like that. He could twirl the mic stand. He would go out there with a sword and stuff. He did all kinds of crazy stuff out there on stage, right. and it was good. He could sing. I mean, he's not the best singer that's ever existed, certainly, but for what he did. In that band, they were incredible. It's just it's it's a real shame that they didn't put out more music with him. With they, him. They, right? They had a lot of uh, stints where they just didn't put out new albums. It just they took their time after the first couple albums to put new stuff out there. So it would be nice That's to see the knock on them all along as they didn't have enough with David Lee Roth. Absolutely. So. Sammy Hagar is great, like you say. He's he's talented in his own way. You know, it's a whole different vibe and feel. And the mm-hmm. guy could you know write incredible music and sing and play great guitar and all that. Just 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 two different bands. But I, I give me David Lee Roth. That's it. Right. All right. Um, and this not a lot going on in this day in music. Um, there, what I thought was didn't realize. Um, John Bonham from Led Zeppelin died at 32 years old. Wow. I didn't realize he was that young when he passed away. Uh, today in 1980 was his funeral for uh, for his passing. Um, at, at, again, at age 32. Um, a lot of number ones uh, during this time. Uh, Steven Tyler with Aerosmith was injured in a cherry bomb. 
uh, accident was thrown on stage during a gig in Philadelphia. I don't remember that. Um, somebody threw a cherry bomb on stage, and it. Um, Joe Perry and Steve Tyler, both from Aerosmith, were injured. <sighs> Surprised I didn't hear more about that. I was pretty young back then, but I don't recall that ever happening. Um, let's see. White Snake went to number one with "Here I Go Again," which was one of their big, big, big songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Police was number one with Ghost in the Machine back in 1981. Was you a Police fan? I I did like some of their stuff. I, when I some of know, their stuff, not a lot of it though. The, more the me. more the older stuff, the Synchronicity yeah. album that that was sort of like their huge pop hit, you know, with uh, um, I'm always watching it. Was I can't was it? What the heck was it? Uh, Every breath you take. Oh, I'm trying to say, yeah. That was a huge, huge yeah. smash for them, but that was just mm-hmm. different. But some of the old classic police stuff is is it's good stuff. Very talented right. musicians, those guys. One last thing in 1999, going back to Elvis Presley, there was a charity auction selling off his belongings was held at the Grand Hotel in Las Vegas. A uh, couple items to note: a wristwatch was sold for thirty-two thousand, a simple cigar box for twenty-five grand. Autographed baseball sold for nineteen thousand, and his Lincoln Continental, nineteen fifty six, they sold for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars back wow. in nineteen ninety nine. That's a lot of money for nineteen ninety nine. So, um, not a lot in music. Um, we did have a passing you're going to talk about here. So let's go ahead and move into uh, some uh, pop culture. All right, sir. One thing I will mention with uh, we looked at uh, pop culture uh, history. Uh, October the 12th, back in 1997, was the the fateful plane crash of the great John Denver, 53 wow. years of age. So he was a he was a pilot, and he was I guess he was flying a plane he wasn't as familiar with, mm-hmm. and he flew out and crashed. So um, he I was, still remember that when that happened. Yeah. So you know, obviously, enough. huge, huge star in the 70s predominantly he had a lot of a lot of hits um you know country road um, you know thank god i'm a country boy he was known for that folksy type stuff so right yeah very very good stuff were you a john denver fan skinner what do you think about his music yeah i grew up with john denver my mom was a big country fan so he was one of those fixtures on the country radio um back in the late 70s early 80s uh, so yeah, yeah, huge John Denver fan. And like I said, I, ironically enough, I still remember hearing the news when he did pass. It seems like it was so long ago, but yet I can still remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, just a feel good music he had, you know. Yeah, he had very good family, wholesome. That's what country music. You weren't talking about your dog running away, or you know, your wife left you, or the truck. You know, the, the old cliches with country music. It was good, wholesome, family, very catchy music that he had. Yeah. And uh, I'll always remember him for that. Absolutely. Uh, and speaking of uh, country music as well, as you alluded to, uh, lost a huge, 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 one of the uh, most iconic country singers that ever lived, arguably. Uh, mm-hmm. Loretta Lynn passed away. Uh, October the 4th, so we're shooting this October the 10th, so just last week, age 90, um, 
six-decade career in country music. Amazing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, if you even if you're a casual fan, you know some of her music and her huge hit, uh, Coal Miner's Daughter. Um, in 1980, the film Coal Miner's Daughter, the same name, right. was, was made based on her life with Sissy Spacek, I believe, is who played Sissy, uh, Yeah, Sissy Spacek played in that, yep. Yeah, so she, let's see here, she's the only female ACM artist of the decade in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. She had 24 number one singles and 11 number one albums, and she ended 57 years of touring on the road after she suffered a stroke back in 2017 and then broke her hip in 2018. So it took a stroke and breaking a hip to get her off the road. Uh, but just obviously a tremendous, tremendous career, uh, great music. Um, so obviously you're more of a country fan than I am, but I do like some some classic country stuff there. What, do you, we, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the great uh, Loretta Lynn Skinner? Anybody that has ever listened to any kind of music will know Loretta Lynn. I don't care if you don't listen to country, you listen to you know any type of genre. You're gonna know who Loretta who Loretta Lynn is. It's it's like Garth Brooks with country music or the Beatles with pop and, and rock and roll. You don't have to know music to know these people. Uh, she was one of those. I grew up listening to country with my mom. Um, it was the old Whistler's radio station, if you recall, back oh, in the eighties. That's right. Before yep. it became WQMX, which is still on the air today, 94.9 in the Akron, Canton area. Um, she was always on there. Her songs, That Coal Miner's Daughter was a great film. If you've never seen it, the music is spectacular, If you, especially if you're an old country fan. But the mm-hmm. it's a good movie, great story. If you've not seen it or if you have, don't remember it, go back and revisit that movie. It, it'll be worth your while. I will do that. And you think of an artist like that, you know, I, I would have to imagine so many female country singers since had to have been influenced by Loretta Lynn and oh, uh, motiv- motivated them to give it a shot, you know, and, uh, you know, since that, t- it, you know, we, we definitely had some iconic female country singers, you know, uh, way back, but uh, um, I feel like it's more more commonplace to have there's more and more uh female artists who are making it big in country music and um you know certainly loretta lynn was one that helped pave the pave the way so yeah you've got loretta lynn you got tanya tucker who we talked about happy birthday to her today Mm -hmm. reba mcintyre and most recently would be carrie underwood those four ladies are the big ones um that all female artists today strive to be absolutely for sure dolly crystal gale has been tons dolly tons crystal of them. gale yes you thank you those are two other names that you put in that conversation yeah. so absolutely yeah. all right well very good well rest in peace uh loretta lynn yeah we remember uh bob denver we did lose another uh person from our uh our generation a comedian judy tenuta i remember her in the 80s and the 90s there. So she was a funny comedian, uh, 72 years of age. Uh, but I remember her coming out with an accordion, and she would, like, tell a joke and play the accordion a little bit, mm-hmm. and she would uh, call herself, like, a princess uh, and, and stuff. So uh, she was in a couple of cameos and movies, I think, and stuff, but just 
kind of a brash comic and uh was sad to hear of her passing. You mentioned you're not that familiar with her. No, I not very I I didn't know the name, but I, I remember the act with the accordion being a comedian. Um but yeah, not very familiar unfortunately. But okay. uh, needless to say, uh, you know, nonetheless rest in peace. Um she was pretty popular back then. I kind of looked her up after you had mentioned her uh, at pre-show uh, meeting. So, okay. Yeah, rest in peace, Judy Tenuta. Um They're making a new documentary. Now, we mentioned last week we were talking about the the debut of the Captain Kangaroo show was around was last week in pop culture history. And then we're right. sort of comparing other children's shows. And, you know, one that keeps coming up is sort of a, you know, a children's show from our generation when we had young kids that maybe we dreaded a little bit was uh, Barney. So, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I had to put, I had to put noise canceling earphones on when that show came on the TV. So, oh. I love you. You love me. So there, there a new uh, documentary is coming out uh, soon uh, called I Love You, You Hate Me. Uh, it's going to be on uh, Peacock and I think NBC. So it right. explores how uh, throughout the 90s or 2000s, uh, uh, Barney turned into a cultural punching bag. So they're going to interview the guy who was the voice of Barney. For many years, Bob West, so he was a veteran before, he did the voice of Barney from 1992 to 2000. So the I love you, you love me, that's Bob West's uh, voice. And they wow. just explore how to something so innocent that's supposed to be you know, a good thing for kids just became uh, kind of hated by adults with the, you know, crazy kids and the annoyances I, I don't know so i think it's interesting i think it's a fascinating story that you've already mentioned that it was something that you did not look forward to in the house are you interested in this uh docu-series and, and why was he I hated am. so much what was what was it what did you hate about barney so much it's not the i don't i think hate hate is a it is not a good word to use there are television shows that, are, that have gone on in cartoons uh, and our kids. I'm trying to remember. The Rugrats was one of those. Sure, cartoon, where yep. The cartoon Rugrats where kids absolutely loved, but they also threw in every once in a while a line that adults would would understand, sure. yep. would keep them interested in. Uh, Homer Simpson's one. Uh, they threw a lot of adult stuff in there for to keep people interested in. Um, Scooby Doo did a lot for with that. Even Fred Flintstone, going way back, mm -hmm. they they kept the adult population that had to watch these shows with children engaged. Barney didn't do a lot of that, and I think that was the downfall for that show. They catered to the children, and that's all they cared about is that those children would be happy. My kids loved it. I'm not gonna lie, they loved Barney. Um, you know, it was what did you say, ninety two to two thousand. Mm -hmm. Michael was born in 93 and uh, Chelsea was born in 97. So that growing up, you know, Chelsea bounced from Barney to uh, the uh, Teletubbies. Those were her two favorite television shows. So um, I don't, I, I don't say it was hatred. It, 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 
but it was the fact they didn't they didn't engage the adults, and I think that was the only downfall to Barney hmm. and why they're considered, like you said, a punching bag because they did take it on the chin a lot, especially from the adult population. Should they though? I mean, should those shows necessarily, if it's a kids' show, should they cater to the adults somehow, some way, or no? It's perfectly okay that it's catered to kids. I don't necessarily want to watch it, but right. no, I agree with you. I, I I don't think they needed to cater to adults, but I think that's where the the line is. I see why you have the adults that hated it so much, or like I said, I couldn't stand it. To be truthful, it, it there was just nothing with that show that engaged me whatsoever. So I think that's why I come across, you know, as the term hate or hatred. Um, but no, they, their their market was young children, and they they did it very well. There's okay. no question about that. I get you. So I, I I have to. I'm putting this on for my kid. My kid loves it. But there is zero in here that is appealing to me at all. And so that's right. sort of the line in, yeah, this show's not for me. It's for kids. But as there's nothing at all for the adults, then it's just sort of a, oh, my gosh, my kid wants to have this on. And I sort of have to listen <laughs> to it and hear it and see it. I, I get you. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Peyton was not much of a Barney person for, you know, around uh, growing up. Uh, she was more of a door of the Explorer and a few things like that, which had its own annoyances in its own way as well. Don't don't right. get me wrong. So Swiper no swiping. That's right. I'll, I'll That's never right. forget that phrase. That's right. I'm the map. <laughs> I'm the map. Yeah. I'm the map. I'm the map. Yep. Okay. Um yeah, Cheech and Chong were certainly very big in the uh, late mid to late seventies and very early eighties. You know, certainly they, you know, they had uh, a stand-up act was uh, very popular. They had tons of uh, comedy albums. They had some uh, stoner movies. Uh, the the original stoner humor was, uh, I think, definitely Cheech and Chong would be right at the top of the list as far as marijuana humor and, and drug oh, yeah. humor and all that stuff. They had a lot of uh, popular movies back in the day. I'm sure we saw some. I know I did some on cable. Up and Smoke comes to mind. Up and Smoke, Nice Dreams, and a few other ones. It was just the kind of the running joke. These guys are high and goofing. Anyway, Cheech Marin, he, he did other things as well. He had some uh, television shows and different things that mm -hmm. he did. Uh, so very popular in his own right. But I thought this was interesting. He made the news uh, recently in uh, over the summer. He opened up a the Cheech Marin Center for Chicano Art and Culture, also known as the Cheech, which was a nickname for himself. Um, and he's simply he's showcasing Chicano artwork. Uh, so it's kind of giving another avenue uh, for folks to be able to display their art that maybe might have a hard time displaying elsewhere or otherwise. So I just thought it was pretty cool. And he said it's the most positive thing he's ever been involved in his entire career. So it's a nice, him. yeah, it's a nice opportunity for him to be able to give back to his community. Um, and he said where he's at, it's in a community, it's in Riverside. It's, it's about 53% Latino. And um yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So what, what are your thoughts on Cheech Marin opening up a art gallery? 
I think it's fantastic. Something that's uh, you know positive for them. You know they they were a great fun group to watch. I just say group. They were a duet. Cheech and Chong. Mm-hmm. The movies were. You go back and watch them today. It's like oh god, why was these popular? <laughs> to be truthful, but they were. You know they they had a following and mm-hmm. they brought out the negative side towards marijuana use i guess is the best way to put it it's cheech has done a lot of stuff he's been in a lot of television programs since cheech and chong days Mm -hmm. uh he's done some serious roles which he's done he's pretty good actor in his own right but uh love that he's done something for his uh latino group uh something he has a passion for and he's being successful so i'm very happy for him yeah it's very cool you can still find cheech and chong out there with TikTok and different things out there still perform. They still do some things out there right. uh, together. So I think it's very cool. Um, before I get to my last story here, I did skip a segment because we we're talking about some passings and all that here. Uh, Gen X uh, recommendation, media recommendation. So have you watched, heard, seen anything that you want to recommend to our viewers and listeners out there, Skinner? Yeah, um, uh, real quick, uh, Mr. Porter mentioned uh, Sweet Girl with Jason's uh, Mimosa. Mimosa? Yeah. Mamoa. Mamoa, sorry. Um, Me and Miss Marcy watched that actually yesterday. Fantastic movie. Very, very good recommendation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are about eight, uh, seven or eight episodes into a television show called Dead to Me. It's on Netflix. Christina Applegate is the lead character in this. She is a widow. Uh, she befriends or uh, she becomes friends with a woman at a um, what do they call it? It's a um, at a group that um, a group she attends to, uh, a grief counseling group. Okay, but come the twist is the the woman is the person who had hit and run for her husband. I'll just leave it at that. So we're about seven episodes in, starting to give out more information. Uh, they give you a little piece-by-piece information on each uh, each episode. Waiting for the cliffhanger for season one to end. I, I think there's two seasons right now, but uh, pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, didn't see this coming, to be truthful. So, yeah, pretty good show so far. All right, very good. Well, this being in the uh, October season, there's a lot of creepy shows and things out there, so I, that's sort of my mood. Um, I like that stuff anyway, but I tend to watch more of that in October, probably like a lot of folks here. So a couple things I watched. Uh, I did see the Rob Zombie Monsters movie. Did you? On, on Netflix. Okay. I, I talked about it on the uh, Convincing Idiots podcast as well, but... Uh, Honestly, just in my opinion, it's a story that didn't really care about in the sense of, you know, watching the series, loved the series as a kid, still love it today. Uh, I didn't necessarily need to know how Lily and Herman met. I didn't need to know how they got to 1313 Mockingbird Way. I, all that stuff, I don't really care about. The funny part about that, and one of the funniest things about that series was the interactions with them and normal people that the monsters mm-hmm. th- found weird and bizarre. They they found normal people weird and bizarre, and it's kind of scary. Obviously, people found them scary. 
That was some right. of the funnier parts of that series was those interactions. And in my opinion, this the movie just took too long to get them to the house that we all know and love. And there was very little interactions with quote unquote normal people. So so you missed I, the ball on that one. I, I think so a little bit. Rob Zombie's truly a fan. He definitely pays a lot of respect and homage to the original series. He was you know, he's mm -hmm. not making fun of anything. It just it was, you know, it's there if you're looking for a you know, hour and a half watch. If you love the monsters, there's probably something in this that you will find enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. It just me personally, I would rather seeing them already in the house doing, you know, just getting into some type of you know weird, funny adventure with mm -hmm. quote unquote normal people, if you will. Right. So, yeah, yeah. It sucks that they fell short on that one, or at least that's what it sounds like. I still yeah. give it a look, though. Yeah, I think it had a lot of buildup, and then they were going to release it, I think, maybe even in a theater at one point or another, and really just come all the way down to uh, NBC Peacock sold the rights to Netflix, and that's just kind of where it is uh, at the moment. I did watch. Like it might have been the right thing to do. <laughs> probably. It, I don't think it would have hit in the theater at all. Yeah. Um, I watched the entire Jeffrey Dahmer series, Monster, on Netflix. Uh, just definitely takes you back to that, you know, when, when all that came out in the news in the early 90s and the, the, the horrific things. Evan Peters plays Jeffrey Dahmer, does a great job in this. Him and uh, uh, Nisi Nash uh, plays. Yeah, Nisi Nash is in it. Plays Glenda Cleveland, his neighbor. So it just. If you like, it's just, you it, it, it have to be in the mood for it, certainly. It's, I also uh, heard Molly Ringwald was in it. Yes. Yes, she played, played the, uh, his played stepmother. The, yes. Which I saw pictures of it, and I'm like, wow, that doesn't even look like her. And yeah, so she was, just. She's our generation actress. Oh, absolutely. So it's kind of weird to see her play that kind of role. Yeah, she did a great job in it as well, but uh, if you're. At all curious about the story, you know it's not obviously it's not for the faint of heart, horrible, right. horrible things. Uh, but I just, like I said, it was very interesting, and like I said, the, the storyline, the acting was great. So, if you like that sort of thing, you'll definitely enjoy the Dahmer series. And last night I watched the new Werewolf by Night special on Disney Plus. The Werewolf by Night is a Marvel Comics. Uh, character. Uh, it was kind of like a, a 70s. Marvel got into some of these like darker heroes and stories. And I think that's where Moon Knight made his debut was in the original Werewolf by Night comic series okay. back in its mm -hmm. time. He might have been hunting the werewolf or something along that line, Moon Knight. But uh, very good. It's, a, it's an hour long. Uh, they shoot it like an old monster movie. So you definitely have the feel of like, watching an old universal monster movie uh it's definitely not for kids it's definitely an adult themed special some violence mm -hmm. and different things but uh if you like the old monster movies you like that sort of vibe and feel you will enjoy this a lot of fun uh so go check out uh, werewolf by night on disney plus get you definitely in the halloween spirit for sure okay so speaking of spooky stuff some of the most, most well-known characters, and you mentioned a little bit even uh, in this episode, 
the beloved Scooby-Doo gang. Uh, <laughs> one of our favorite cartoons growing up, for sure. Mm. Uh, they've been around in different... It's just they're so popular. They've, they've, they've made live-action movies. There's been all kinds, of course, different series and takes mm-hmm. on the Scooby-Doo gang. They've done a pup named Scooby-Doo. They've, you know, they've been on Saturday mornings for years. So much. There's actually going to be a new Velma series on HBO Max uh, starting Mindy Kenner. Uh, Mindy, who's, who was on The Office. Um, but there's a new Scooby-Doo movie coming out soon. And it's making a lot of uh, social media news because in the movie, Velma is interested in another woman. So now, if you search right now, Velma on social media, you will get on Google all kinds of pride flags and things that, that kind of shower through the your screen to celebrate the fact that apparently Velma is now gay. So. Um, to me, I don't care. It's like if if you, um, but that, that I'll just say my opinion. That that's what I that's what I think. So that so Velma is now gay. We've talked about in prior episodes. Different comic characters coming out as bisexual, from Superman's son in the comics to Robin to now Wonder Woman apparently. So uh, we definitely know Keith's opinion on some of this stuff here, but. So what do you think about all this? Velma being gay, what do you think? Necessary, so, what do you think? Go ahead. So for 40-some years, I've been watching Scooby-Doo and all its <laughs> all its shows and, and live-action heroes, and everybody has fantasies about the librarian. And she woke up one day in 2022 and says, eh, I like women. There's my thought. Mm-hmm. You know, I have nothing against the LGBTQ community. What people do behind closed doors has no bearing on me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I don't lose sleep over it. But come on now. I said this when they were talking. We talked about their, with um, Wonder Woman or with Superman. When is enough enough already? You know, whatever, what you do who you like, whether you're black, white, purple, green, blue, whether you're male, female, trans, you like a girl, you like a boy, I don't care, but don't change something that's been going on for 40-some years just to keep up with the times. You're not keeping up with the times at this point. I'm going to leave it at that because I can go on probably with for a lot longer and I choose not to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a family show, but yeah, I'll leave it. At, I'll leave it at that. Leave well enough alone. I think I said that when you introduced the story to me in our pre-show. Mm-hmm. Um, um, just leave well enough alone. Yeah, it's just it's definitely like, the world continues to change around us. You know, it's like as 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 kids, we again not, we're not against anything, <clears throat> like you say. Uh, it's just interesting to have uh, fantasy characters change their sexuality over time. And you know what? For me personally, I don't care, really. I don't. I, if, it's, if it's something to where I think of it as I try to put myself in a situation where if I'm a young kid, if I'm a teen, or if I'm somebody who's maybe confused or not even maybe not even confused, 
I know what I, I feel like I can relate to that character and it, it makes me feel <laughs> I don't know but I, I, I mean I, I don't know the old if I'm a younger person I don't know the old Scooby-Doo necessarily from the 60s or where we grew up all I know is the, some of the newer versions and all I know it's a popular character and a popular character is relate maybe now more relatable to me because I'm gay uh you know, in that respect, I'm good. So if, if, if it makes a I guess that's where I'm at. If it makes a kid feel more accepted, like this is okay, it's fine, this popular character is like me, then if if that's all it does, then it's worth it, in my opinion, versus some of the you know, maybe older generation opinions and some of that stuff here. That's just that's just how I how I take all that stuff. So yeah, that's it. That's it. But definitely interesting. You know, like you said, either way, you know, we, you know, we definitely support the community, and you know, there's nothing against anything. It's just, it's just interesting anymore how how uh, uh, we're finding ways to show acceptance and tolerance and stuff like that. So, okay, all right. So now, if now. I, that's fine, but if Daphne comes out as uh, I got, you know, that's a I got a little problem with that because I had a little thing for Daphne growing up. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. <laughs> now, it, it, Keith is not here, so if we may, we know Keith uh, a, a thousand percent supports. Any type of uh, uh, sexuality for cartoon characters and comic books, he is a thousand percent for it. No problems, no issues, and I think we could speak for Keith since he's not here to to speak for himself, Skinner. So that that's just it. There you go. So uh, I'm, I, this week in pop culture history, uh, October the eleventh. Back in 1975 was the very first airing of Live, It's Saturday Night. So Saturday Night Live uh, debuted back in 1975 already. So, yeah, it really is. It's certainly no arguments from anybody. Now, I'm a fan. I've watched Saturday Night Live for many, many years. I still watch it today. Uh, you won't get any arguments from me that there's definitely been cast members, you know, sets of cast that are uh, leaps and bounds above others. Uh, definitely, I don't agree with all of the opinions. I, you know, all there's a, you know, and they'll they would tell you the same thing. There's, you know, there's plenty of skits that are clunkers that you wonder how in the heck it got on live television. However, there's also been plenty of Fantastic cast members and skits and characters that's been introduced on that show that's made their way into pop culture uh, fandom for many, many years. So just maybe kind of reflect on, uh, you know, too numerous to name all that you might have an interest in, but are there a few characters that come to mind that... Uh, you might be more of a fan of or more of a, have an interest in or simply 
just you're more familiar with over the years. So uh, curious, any that you might have, Skinner. We, maybe we can go back and forth a little bit here and uh, go back. So uh, any that come to mind, go ahead. Uh, mm-hmm. Just so everybody knows, I am not an avid fan like you are. Um, with that being said, there are a few characters that you get to see skits on, especially in today's day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see on YouTube or on social media that's, that that you didn't get to see back back in the day, and I just lost it. First one is Adam Sandler playing Axl Rose. Um, <laughs> that one yeah, yeah. that one comes to mind because you know obviously Guns and Roses was one of our bands. Uh, growing up as a teenager that we all idolized, uh, anybody that liked rock and roll or uh, metal, they weren't mm-hmm. necessarily metal, but they were the, you know, the heavier side of the glam, uh, glam metal, or they were the start of the glam metal. Um, but Adam Sandler did a hell of a job portraying Axl Rose in a comedic way, of course. Uh, and one other one that comes to mind is uh, Bill Murray playing Richard Dawson. Oh, portraying Richard <laughs> yeah. Dawson. If anybody knows Richard Dawson, he was the um, Family Feud host that had to kiss mm-hmm. every woman on stage, whether she was twenty or she was eighty. He had a mm-hmm. kiss on the lips uh, back in the what, <laughs> late seventies, early eighties, I think. Yeah, yep. he was doing that. So those are two that come to mind right off the bat. I had Bill Murray made my list in the the lounge singer. Oh, okay. He used to do that back in the back in the seventies. There, I he think I remember that a, one. Yeah, yeah, he played an over the top, like like hotel type lounge singer. Right. Uh, very very good. So you know, Bill Murray had a lot of you know a lot of good characters. That was definitely one that came to mind. Uh, I don't have these in any particular order, but some that just I just that popped in my mind here, thinking about all these uh, characters through the years. Uh, Wayne and Garth. Wayne's World, so Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, uh, great characters, a lot of fun, just two kids, you know, having a community television show in his mom's basement, became very popular, uh, obviously made a, made a movie, and they made a sequel to it, so arguably two of the more successful characters, there's not a lot, they've tried to make movies out of some of these characters over the years, and some you definitely forget about, like the awful Coneheads movie and a few other ones out there that really just didn't take off well in the theater. They did well on the, the, the small screen, but the Wayne's World uh, movie, especially the first one, really took off and uh, also helped resurrect a Queen's career, frankly, with playing Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody in the in the movie. Uh, Danny Carvey, was, uh, he was terrific in many roles. I loved him as the church lady. Yeah. That's okay. So, well, isn't that special? So it was like a church lady who, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a very religious show. It's kind of an over-the-top religious show, and she would have guests on there, and she would talk to the, the guests about being sinners and all that. Like, notably, she had, like, Madonna on there as a talk show guest and a few different ones. So if you've never seen the church lady, Dana Carvey, uh, definitely go check that out. Phil Hartman was one of the funniest Guys that ever was on SNL, terrific comedian. He had a reoccurring skit, Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. And you can find these are all on YouTube, I'm sure, guys. So any any of these Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer was it was it was just a goofy concept to where he was a caveman, got unfrozen from ice, looked like a caveman, went on to become a lawyer, and kept using the fact that he was a caveman 
in his court arguments. So he would come out there and say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just a caveman. I don't understand how all this stuff works. But what I do know is that my client is innocent. It was that type of a thing. And he kept using that argument. Just hilarious. John Lovitz is the liar. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. That's the ticket. So he was just a, 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 a perpetual liar. He made several appearances throughout the years. I loved Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry as the, the super enthusiastic high school cheerleaders would come out and do these cheers. Uh, they would come out and cheer for, they were like less popular cheerleaders. They would go out and cheer for like the chess club and different things. Um, very, very funny. Uh, Keenan Thompson has been on the show forever. Uh, he has a reoccurring role. I haven't seen it lately, but uh, a DeAndre Cole is like a, a host on the BET network. What's up with that is the television show. He basically comes out and sings and dances. Yeah, he sings and dances, and the people that are there too. And he gets like real guests on the skit who aren't even on the show that week. But he has some big name guests will come out there and just sit and participate in the skit and leave. And because he's always doing all this singing and dancing, he never gets to the guest appearances, and I always run out of time. Very, very good. Um, Adam Sandler used to do a reoccurring bit opera man back in the 80s on the news. He would come out dressed like a guy, you know, singing. And he would sing. He has a pretty good singing voice, actually, Adam Sandler. But he would sing opera, different news stories in an opera opera uh, uh, voice. Uh, just tons and tons of it. Eddie Murphy as Mr. Robinson. Mr. Robinson's neighborhood was a take on Mr. Mr. Rogers. <clears throat> and uh, uh, one of my favorites of all time, the Blues Brothers, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi. They would they would come out and perform on stage and made probably not even probably made my most favorite movie of SNL characters, the Blues Brothers, back in 1980. Great, great stuff. So just I could talk about this stuff for hours, but just a uh, lot of great characters over the years, a lot of funny moments. Um, still on the air this year. I mean they. Had a lot of turnover in the in their cast uh, this past season, but they're still out there doing it. So, just uh, just pretty amazing to, to put on a live show, live comedy show that many years consecutively. Uh, a lot of work goes into that, and writing and talent, just just pretty amazing stuff. So, that's it. That's what I got for this uh, this week in pop culture history. That was the big uh, the big story, sir. Was Saturday Night Live. So, any other final thoughts? Any closing comments, announcements? Anything you have, sir? Nope, I don't think so. Um, just shout out to Shad uh, Shad Shoff, a friend of ours from high school, turning fifty this week. That's so right. We had a golf outing on Saturday with him. Going to see Joe Satriani on Sunday down in Canton. I'm looking forward mm. to that show. I've never seen him live. Uh, anybody that knows Joe or knows music, he's uh, instrumental, uh, rock and roll. Uh, listened to him since day one. I absolutely love his music. Um, unique. Plays a hell of a guitar, to be truthful. So I'll be down on there on Sunday. Um, but no, I, that's about it. Um, got nothing else. All right, very good. Well, for me, 
one from your other podcast, the Convincing Idiots with Dean and Nick uh, pop culture podcast out there, also on the Boss Code Media Network podcast platforms and YouTube. So that's what I got. Yep, couple shout outs for uh, Does the Reason, uh, Does Jackson Jr. Uh, from Bosco Media, our boss, uh, producer extraordinaire, and my pride and joy, son, Michael Skinner Jr., thank you for all you do. Um, yes, indeed. We've talked about it before, but our kids have done a lot with our show. Uh, your daughter, Peyton, has, you know, she developed our logos. Yes. And uh, our print media uh, still had some back, you know, back uh, behind the scenes stuff. We need to get those three kids on the air uh, one of these times coming up. Find some time sure. to get Peyton Steele and Mike Jr. on and do, do, a, do a show just, you know, with the six of us. I think that would be a blast. Um, sure. A lot of perspective. We could probably try to do something to where we have uh, a couple weeks advance notice uh, for topics to, to talk about and everybody be prepared. I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, It'd be so, at 98% making fun of their dads, maybe 2% right. of the current topics. So that's that's part of the course. That's, that's exactly that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly it. So for Brian Fisher and Michael Skinner, we are two of the three guys from the Came from Gen X. We appreciate your listening years. We will talk to you next week. Have a great week. Go Cleveland baseball team. Delta 88s. Oh, said I drove it. Wait till you see how it handles. This front wheel drive, too. But inside, plenty of room to stretch. Our Delta 88 is the family car that didn't forget the family. Some things never change. Follow the car, Dad. <laughs> Some things never change.